Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. And hello, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live. Uh, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, welcome back to the show. Subscribe on iTunes. Five star ratings and reviews, please. Uh, huge help to the show. So we appreciate anyone who takes literally 45 seconds to do it. It's not that difficult. So, evolution this week. Uh, we had the women under the bright lights. Uh, I actually wrote about this for TJR three years ago, almost to the day. I believe I wrote about it on October 24th, uh, 2015, whether the women were the key to the next WWE boom. And three years almost to the day, they have an all-women's pay-per-view. What do you guys – we don't have to get into the the whole show right now. We'll get into that in a couple minutes. But just like your impressions was – do you think this went over well? Do you think they proved that – there's a market for just women in WWE. Like, what are your first impressions of how Evolution went over this weekend? I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, of course, it was shtick for me not to watch this show because me and Halo <laughs> wanted to go to the show. Right. But I I loved it. Uh, complaints we'll talk about in the review, but... There are very little Do you feel though like after watching this It's like oh yeah they could do an all women's Show they could have their own product Or do you think they need to be mixed in With the entirety I don't think they need to be I think they can have their own show But I don't think it's fair to them If they get their own show Because they uh, People will call it a victory Like oh the WWE trust the women enough to give them their own show but in reality it's just making women less relevant because the money's in the raws the money's in the smackdowns not the network specials once a year so basically you're saying you don't want to see it happen because they get taken out of the flagship programming exactly yeah i mean it it's just not fair like it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, man, I, I really miss Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke. But <laughs> you wouldn't miss the savvy vet, the captain? No, the only person I would miss right now is Tony Storm. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, can can, uh, can Ennis Cancer be with Dana Brooke on that show? Oh, my God. Uh, well, <laughs> analytics have taken the NBA by storm over the past five years. So, of course... Enos Canner would find himself a statistician to get <laughs> shacked up with. So I, I think it's only fitting that they ended up together. That was such oh, a good basketball pun. Shacked <laughs> up with. Because no, I told Ron that the Thank other you day. For, that, for noticing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had the same reaction too, Brett, but I told Pasha the other day, and he lost his mind when I told him that they were dating. He's like, what? <laughs> 
he is he is such a WWE groupie. <laughs> like I out remember, of all the people. Yeah, he took he had a video that he took or like a a picture he took in the locker room. I think it was like when they were doing an, an MSG show where like the Undertaker was going to be there. So he's definitely a WWE groupie. That's like me uh, dating Sasha Banks Like if I became famous And all of a sudden I go like Running to Sasha Banks Like hey I'm famous Like I'm trying to Just trying to be a part of it I, I think that's what That's what Cantor is doing Just trying to be a part Of the WWE family Um Alo, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually forgot about that. that was <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, my quick thoughts about Evolution. I loved it. Of course, I have my little nitpicks, but overall, I really did enjoy it. Going off of what Prep said, I think the pay per view thing. Maybe you could slide in, slide them in for women. Maybe maybe three times a year, maybe. Because I think they actually showed, showed that showed that they actually pull it off and they had the depth to actually do it. And like I said, I have my little slim nitpicks and all, but I really thought they presented it well. And when we get to the review, the full review, I'll have more thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. I honestly would love it if they did an all-women show because if they did, I think I would turn this podcast into the Matt Madness Women's Wrestling Podcast <laughs> and we would only cover the women's program. Um, I would love that, <laughs> but I, I do like I do want to agree with with what Prep said that, and this was one of the reasons why. If you remember when they were doing the brand split, I said I don't want them to split the the division in half. I want to just put them on Raw because like Raw is the flagship program, and I want them to be featured on that show. Um, so I would feel the same way that especially to start off. It would take a lot away from them by not being a part of, like, because a lot of people will call WWE like, oh yeah, like, oh you're doing like a Monday Night Raw move, like if they don't know wrestling like that, like they associate Raw with WWE, like oh WWE Raw, they think it's one thing, so I do think it would hurt them to be taken away from that brand. Well, I don't think. Well, if they did a women's show, I, I think they'll still be on Raw and SmackDown. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, what I what I envision it would be, they'll just have like their own like separate show, but they'll still be on the main Monday and Tuesday shows. So it would be like 205 Live. Yeah. Okay. Well, they, I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense as long as they get treated better than 205 Live has. On oh, Raw. We, 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 oh, yeah. Okay. On, I'm glad you covered <laughs> on that, Raw, said that yes. part. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um. So. I saw a report, I believe Prep sent it to me, and he probably sent it in the group text. Uh, that WWE, No, I think I just sent it to you. Okay, WWE is courting Serena Williams. <laughs> and look, look, WWE, I admire the effort to win me back. Uh, but all I have to say is, Serena, please don't do it. You are better than that. You deserve better than that. They will not treat you like the queen that you are. Do not do it. Let Rhonda stay there. You don't need to be there. You got an, you got enough going on in your life, enough going for you in your life that you don't need to lower yourself to be on Raw, uh, so just they tell, can use you to to make themselves look good. Just tell them when she comes home tonight. <laughs> I will. Oh, don't think I haven't told her about it already. I haven't stopped talking about it. Um, so I thought this show was really good. Uh, before we get into it, uh, 
I guess it's Vince who tells everybody our rating system, correct? Yes, it is. It's not you anymore. Here at the Mad Madness Podcast, we have a rating system in place. Well, God damn it, Aaron. Let's tell them the rating system. Will you hold on, Vince? Vince, if it's a horrible show, it gets a jobber. You know, if it's a show falls somewhere in the middle, well, if it falls somewhere in the middle, well, God damn it, they're going to go one on one with the big butt. Vince, tell them if the show falls somewhere in the middle, what does he get? And what if it's a fantastic show? But God damn it, you're gonna show stopper. Alright, thank you for that, Vince. Um, I have a request. Yes. Vince is cool and all, but he costs us a lot of money <laughs> to get to do that. Is there any way the next review we do, can we get the Fink to do something? <laughs> oh. He's a little, be a little cheaper. Uh, well, a little bit. Let's get a, a master contact, Brian Gerard James, to set that up for me. Uh, if anyone would do what we asked, it would be Brian Gerard James, number one fan of the Matt Madden. He podcast. loves us. Um, and we haven't talked about him for a while, so he's probably really thirsty up there in Stanford, <laughs> Connecticut. Um, so who wants to give their rating of evolution first? Go for it. Showstopper. I refuse to let one match give it less than a showstopper. I think they deserve it. The girls worked hard, and the show was a lot of fun. You know, I can't. I can't really. Like I said, there's only a few things that I I can complain about, but it's not even the end of the world. Like there are far worse things on the other shows to complain about. Yeah, I had three specific complaints, but none of them were like a big deal. And the stuff I liked, I liked a lot. So far outweighed it. Alo, what was your rating for Evolution? Yeah, I'm going to give the show a showstopper. I was really blown away. Uh, just the presentation of it, I thought it was really great. It had that NXT feel, but according to reports, Vince was there with Triple H run, running the show, so we can't give all credit to Triple H, but I, I think he probably let Triple H run mo- control mostly what, what was going on, because I love the feel that it had. Similar to All In, the crowd, they were there for the women. Because we always say that, that WWE crowds, they just go to the show just to boo. But this crowd was... There for the women Like they, they The show was allegedly sold out So I'm happy That whether For that Whether it's true or false But they were there For the women They supported them The entire night The crowd was hot uh, The Mae Young Classic You could tell The crowd didn't really know Who they were Who Tony Storm And Io Shirai were For a little bit Because I talked about that Last week At the end of the Roman episode About how They didn't do them Any favors Because they didn't promote The Mae Young Classic like they did the year prior but it's like all, all the matches I thought delivered Even Nikki and Rhonda Me and Prem had a sign conversation about this On Monday And I'm kind of glad Prem's actually here today So we could actually talk about this To the IWC and those internet fans What did you expect from the main event? It's, it was Nikki Bella, Ronda Rousey We knew it wasn't going to be a five star match We knew what, You should have known what you were getting And that shouldn't take away from the entire show It shouldn't And it was a solid match And that, there's nothing wrong with a solid match In a solid main event Because you get solid matches and solid main events all the time Yeah, so I'm also going with a showstopper Is this the first unanimous showstopper that we've had? 
in a long time. Um, <laughs> the last one might have been like a mania. Maybe yeah. last year's mania. Maybe, I, def- I, I definitely didn't give it a showstopper. Not last this year. Mania? Last, last year. Orlando. Oh, last year. Okay. Yeah, Orlando. Okay. We probably did all give that a showstopper. Um, so, showstopper, my, my three complaints. One, like, I could have done without the the Lita Trish tag match, but they did it and it wasn't enough to bring down the whole show. Uh, I could have really done without the curtain call at the end because they didn't just put on a play. It wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't the end of a Saturday night, Saturday night live episode. It was a wrestling show and they should have allowed it to just be that this wasn't Sasha in her last match at the performance center, getting the bouquet of flowers. They, They didn't need to do it. They need to stop taking away from, like, the actual event. Um, I hope this is the last time they feel the need to do it. And Travis Brown finding a way to worm his way onto the camera once again. (laughs) That freaking bum. (laughs) That piece of garbage (laughs) continues to be on my TV. (laughs) An MMA fighter, but somehow I've won a fight more recently than he has. (laughs) He is so terrible. Yeah, I could do without seeing him ever again, too. But, like, other than that, and again, small nitpicks. The show itself was really good. Like, one of my biggest surprises was I thought the Battle Royal. Yes! I thought it was going to suffer because, like, they just basically did this with the Women's Rumble last year. A lot of the same names and faces we hadn't seen in a long time were in it. And I thought, like, ah, the novelty is not going to be there. But I thought they did a great job. I thought it was so much fun to watch. Uh, Carmella getting the dance break. Uh, the Iconics doing their thing, going down not the ring. The perfect <laughs> thing to start that match. Yeah, it them, was great. Them running down, them running down the, the, the crowd and everybody in the ring and then be the first ones to get eliminated. Right Love. over the top, yep. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Prep, did you enjoy the Iconics bit of the? Uh, they were like the bushwhackers <laughs> of this of this battle royal. Yeah, you know, you know, I love the Aussies, so it's, they're so good. I hope that they do get a tag team titles just so they could win them and never lose them. <laughs> just hold them forever, forever. <laughs> Yeah, and then go to go to go off about the uh, the battle royal. I thought that was maybe the best battle royal they booked in a long time because it was it was basically a simple old school battle royal, and they played it perfectly because the most imposing person wins the battle royal, which was Nia Jax, and that that's 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 always logical in a battle royal. And we talked about how the Iconics, and then they actually threw fun in there with Carmelo's dance break, like you said, even Ivory. Mm-hmm. Like, Ivory's dance <laughs> redeemed her not being in the RTC getup. <laughs> yes. And then one thing I was also really happy about, I love the fact that everyone got their entrance. All 20 women got an entrance to actually show off that this is important, and then they're, they're not just there for show. Yeah. yeah. You got some fun little stuff, like the, the Mandy Rose... Um, throwing her name is slipping my mind now. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was good that that happened. Um, I liked the uh, Naya and Tamina like teaming up for a minute, only to like go and do battle with each other. Uh, and the, thought, Roman, the Roman thing. Yeah, I thought like I thought that I actually got like a little bit choked up when they did that. 
Like, I thought it was great that they did it. Uh, yeah, I thought the, the Battle Royal was a lot of fun. I thought the right person won because I saw, like, on social media some people mad, like, oh, I was hoping somebody else would get a chance. But, like, if memory serves me correctly, there was never a finish in the Ronda-Nia Jax match when they had a match before, right? Because didn't... Nope. Didn't wasn't Ale- like a Alexa DQ? interfered. Yeah, yeah, Alexa interfered. So like, I feel like that's a match we should see a conclusion to. And I loved that match anyway, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Um, and I thought it was good to like have that be like a, a really high moment early in the show, and then the show kind of ends with Nia watching Ronda win in the main event. Like I liked that they tied that together. Um, Charlotte and Becky last man standing match was outstanding. Uh, I loved the way they just like ramped the violence up and up and up throughout the whole match. Uh, I thought, I thought Charlotte's selling at the very end was not the best I've ever seen, but like (laughs) the match itself, I thought was really good. And I was really happy that the right person won. So what were your guys thoughts on Becky and Charlotte? I think that might be my favorite women's match ever. Ever, really? Ever. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. For me, it's just a hair. Like, it's just it's definitely recency bias. It's like a hair over Bailey Sasha. Both of them, because Bailey Sasha back to back had my two favorite women's matches of all time. It's in my top five, and which may not sound like huge praise, but it's probably the only women's match in my top five that doesn't involve Sasha Banks. So I do think that is saying something. And I was so for me, it's not recency bias. For me, it's sort of like I didn't think they were going to reach the level that they they far exceeded the level I thought they were going to get to. I thought they killed it. Ayla, what what did you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, I'm not. I like the match. I'm not in love with it like everybody else was because I think I just have wrestling fatigue, maybe. Because like I said, <laughs> we see last man standing matches all the time. It's it's not what it used to be, and so I do agree that these two actually did kill each other out there. And unlike a lot of feuds nowadays, there was actually real heat in the match, character wise. And everybody's so behind Becky. I thought it was fantastic. Charlotte with the figure eight on the ladder. I thought that was creative. It looked kind of hokey, but I thought it was really creative. Uh, I, I, I laughed at Kyoto sliding Becky to chair with his foot. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that. But yeah, like, will it be my top five women's matches of all time? It's kind of tough because I still put Sasha Billy number one from TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, and talk about talking about recency, recent, uh, yeah, Charlotte and Oscar at WrestleMania, and that was fantastic. So the match was really good, but I'm not as I'm not as in love with it as everybody is. Yeah, I think I it was, love it. Yeah, I think part of it was like that. It was on. It, it took place on this show in front of a crowd that was like there for it, like they were fully behind it. Uh, I think the result plays a big part in it. And I think the amount of time that they gave them to tell the story that they told, I thought was really important. Um, and I think like those are kind of the little things I appreciate about it. But 
we've had a lot of really good women's matches in the last three or four years. So not being on your top five is not really saying it wasn't good. Like there's yeah, a big I'm difference. saying it's <laughs> well, well, I want you to start, say that again for wrestling fans. Uh, just because something there's a big difference between not being in your top five and saying something is bad. Yeah. Like some people might love something and you just like it. And if you just like it, it doesn't mean that you think it sucks. It means you don't didn't love it as much as other people. So yeah. you uh, appreciate uh, it. You thought best. it was good. I think it was best. Like, if it was, yeah, top ten. I'll put it that way. Top ten. There's something I've said on this show since even before I got on here. I think mm-hmm. I said it in my unsanctioned episode. Okay. Wrestling is subjective. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is. It is, and not everybody knows that. And Um, it doesn't... I'm not going to get mad at Halo because he didn't think it was a five-star classic. But everybody else will. Personally, I'm I'm furious, but... (laughs) (laughs) If I say it's four, would you be mad? No. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Anything above three and a half in the WWE is just fine. Yeah. Um, Shayna Baszler. Is she the Samoa Joe of women's wrestling? (laughs) <laughs> I I always admit When I'm wrong mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if I'm ready to admit that yet That she's the Samoa Joe Of women's wrestling No that she's getting That she's good Oh okay But I will say that she's getting better Yeah Yeah She yeah, doesn't have real- like the, the, the talking ability that Joe has but that comparison for me is purely like when she's in there, I Presence. feel like it's I, yeah, I feel like it's a fight, and yeah. like her winning that title back, like to me that actually felt like a UFC fight where like your favorite fighter is the champion and they go in and lose, and this other intimidating force walks out with the title. Like that's what I feel like when I watch her. She's intimidating. She's scary. Like you believe her, and that like that to me is. Is like the most important part about her. What were you gonna say, Alo? No, I I, I agree. Because I, I haven't watched NXT as faithfully as I used to. So me watching Shayna Baszler is always pretty pretty much fresh for me. And I really did enjoy this match. And she really has gotten a lot better. I never question her character work because even in the packages leading up to her NXT takeover matches have been really good. She's been portrayed, like you said, like the female Samoa Joe. And she's been a legit badass. And I thought her and Kyrie Sane had an excellent match at Evolution. And then one thing that I did find funny was my whole uh, Jasmine Duke and Marina (laughs) Shafir thing. It actually happened in that match and not in the Ronda match because of the whole curtain call thing at the at, at the end of the show so but that did end up playing a role in one match and it was logical and then I I, I thought I thought it was funny that it, well when I saw that they were in the crowd with the NXT women I was like oh, I think those two will have a part in this match yeah so it's funny I that was in my notes I couldn't remember who said it last week that they would interfere in the Ronda match um I thought it was great that they interfered in Shayna's match because, like, obviously the NXT women's title is lesser than the two WWE women's titles. But, like, having those two interfere in that match made that match and that title feel like a bigger deal. Not a bigger deal than those two titles, but, like, I felt like it elevated it and made it seem more important than yeah. what you would have thought it was. Yeah. Especially if you're a fan who just watches main roster 
and you don't always watch NXT, like it made it feel like it was more important. Um, yeah. So I thought that was a smart decision. And the Nikki and Bella's match didn't need it. So I'm glad that it didn't happen in that match. Um, yeah, and I will. And I love Kyrie Sane selling of it, holding on for dear life at the end. And I really love her selling of it. Yeah, I, th- I think she, I, both of them had a great performance. I thought her being more like violent and physical, like the stuff that happened outside the ring, I thought was really good. The cross body off the top rope yeah, floor perfect. was great. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a really fun match. Uh, Tony Storm and Io Shirai, another great match. Uh, I'm a big Tony Storm fan. I like uh, Vince probably, and like a lot of the fans in the building did not know Io Shirai <laughs> before this. I didn't watch any of the May Young Classic this year, but this was a fun match too. I thought like it was a good clash of styles, and I thought the commentary was great on this match, and it felt like winning the May Young Classic was a big deal, which I, I think is great that they they made it turn out like that. Did did you guys watch the whole May Young Classic or not really? I didn't finish it. No, I caught I did catch the uh, the Tony Storm Mako Mako match. The semifinal match. I did catch that. But that's the only May Young Classic I've actually seen. Did you feel like this was a satisfying conclusion, even though you hadn't seen all of it? Do you feel like this was like the the, the right way for them to end it? Yeah, but I just, like like we said about the crowd didn't really know who uh, Io Shirai was, so the reaction was pretty much lacking for me. And uh, Mama Ayla was watching this <laughs> on the train on the train with me, and uh, when Tony hit that power bomb on the apron, Pash, you're rubbing off on me. I, 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 cr- <laughs> I cringed out loud <laughs> when I saw that. <laughs> And, uh, I'm making so everybody thought, afraid to watch high risk maneuvers. Yes. <laughs> so I, I really did enjoy the match, and we we were championing Tony Storm in last year's May Young Classic, the charisma, the showmanship. Yeah, and she's going to be up. She's going to be real important in WWE in the near future. And I hope NXT UK isn't the ceiling for her. I hope she's on main, the main roster pretty soon. She's really young, right? Yeah, she's twenty. I think she's twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two years old. So she'll have plenty, plenty of time on uh, on the May on, on the May Young Classic on the main roster, I think. Um, and she's getting a ton of like mainstream press too. So you know WWE eats that up. Oh yeah, they showed every little clip that was written <laughs> as they do to tell their own audience, hey, people are talking about us. Yeah, didn't she yeah. like release German her too? Yeah, she did. Well, wasn't the uh, wasn't the wasn't the uh, spot on the apron uh, a release German? Yeah, that release German on the apron. That was awesome. When she when she moonsault to the outside of the ring, and that was beautiful. Uh, Kota Ibushi, eat your heart out. Rep, I was waiting for you to do like the Italian chef's kiss. That's what I, the way you reacted to it. I thought that was going to be part of it. Uh, yeah, I thought that match was really fun too, even though uh, I was only really familiar with one of them. Uh, the six woman tag with the riot squad against Sasha Bailey and Natty. I thought that was good. 
Uh, I, I didn't think it was like the high point in the match, but or in, in over delivered. It did. It was better than I would have expected, especially because I think I have been the harshest critic of the Riot Squad, like just not caring about them. Um, and I, I thought that match was really good. I loved the way that it finished. I did too. Like the the uh, I'm trying. What what did Natty do? I feel like Natty did something into the backstabber, or no? It was the Natty did something into the elbow drop, into the frog splash. I don't remember what Natty's part of it was, but it was awesome. Whatever it was, I loved the way they ended it. I loved that Sasha was the one that got the pin, because you guys know I hate it that they have her entrance play second fiddle to Bailey. <laughs> and I love that she got to be the one that had her music playing when the match ended. I also feel like I may be may have been the harshest critic of Liv Morgan, but I feel like she might be ready to be on her own now. She's getting way better. <laughs> like, well, I think I, it's she follows X, so <laughs> Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> To him, it's a good thing. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but like you, well, to go back to go off of Liv Morgan. Yeah, even her um, her stuff at NXT, it wasn't bad. She could actually go, but this whole Riot Squad thing, I wasn't a fan of it. I like Ruby Riot, and I've liked Ruby Riot since she's debuted. But I think the Riot Squad thing has been a little bit long winded. But like you said, this match did over deliver. Because I think this is the Riot Squad's best performance as a unit since they've been up for uh, was about a year now for the most part. I think this is this has been their best best match, and this whole Sasha Frog Splash thing is not it's not a Seth Frog Splash, Mm-mm. but um, I, I did enjoy this this entire match and the fact that Bailey and Sasha ended it with their um, idols and favorite superstars finishers. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, it was really good. Um... What did you think of the Riot Squad's uh, favorite, like, whatever it is, horror movie-themed gear? I love stuff like that. Yeah. Like those little touches, appreciate them. Yeah, you know I love cosplay, so anything <laughs> cosplay will pop Yeah, I, I thought that was good, too. I thought it was a great touch. Uh, yeah, over-delivered is the, is the best way to put it. I expected, like, nothing. This felt like a throwaway match, and it was it was a really good part of the show. And Ruby Rye is so underrated. She is. Yeah, I, and I'm probably guilty of underrating her because I'm not like nearly as big of a fan as I know you guys are. But this was really good. Um, and Alo, I'm probably a little bit towards the other side, or maybe not. But the main event, I thought, I thought it did deliver. I thought it was. I honestly thought it was very entertaining and very fun to watch. I yeah, thought, me, like I thought, Nikki really performed well in this match. Yeah, me, yeah. This is what me and Prep were discussing. Just because a match is solid doesn't mean it's doesn't mean it's bad. And, and we always we we know Nikki Bella isn't Sasha Banks or Bailey, but Nikki Bella can work. And me and Prep were discussing this on Monday after Evolution. Nikki Bella, to an extent, has become become underrated. I thought Nikki Bella's best in ring work was when she. Uh, Summer, the summer of 2016, when she at the end of the summer of 2016, when 
when she returned and she, she was feuding with Carmella and Natty. I thought that was a lot of her best work. Uh, when the four horsewomen got, when three to four horsewomen came up, I thought she had, I thought she elevated herself in those matches, especially in Charlotte. And she worked with all, with all three of them. I thought she really elevated herself from, from that point. Big match, Nikki. <laughs> but like you can't take any away from uh, anything away from Nikki Bella, but she's Nikki but, Sour. <laughs> <laughs> but the the, the 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 IWC they just so hell bent on how this main evented, but it worked and the the whole show succeeded. And just because a match is pretty solid, doesn't mean that the main event was a failure. It doesn't. Nikki Bella went out there, did her job. And held on and hung in there with Ronda, and this match, I like. I, I don't. The build was a bit lackluster. Maybe they had the two week, the two um, the back to back week promos of them going back and forth with each other, and that's really the most heat other than other than the uh, the Nikki turn the Bella turn on them. But this match was a really solid match, and I don't have a problem with it at all. Agreed. I I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I thought Nikki performed well. I liked the role Brie played in it. Even like the the one point when Ronda, I think, went for the crossbody and Nikki got out of the way, and Brie started the yes chant on the outside. <laughs> like I, I really thought this was a good, entertaining match. Ronda was busted up by the end of it. She had uh, like some some cuts on her forehead and somewhere on like her cheek. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really good. This was what I expected out of it. Prep, what did you think of the main event? I know you've already spoken to Alo about it, but I haven't heard yeah, your opinion yet. For for me and Alo, the main the main thing is it's not all work rate and Nikki Bella is a far superior character than Ronda Rousey. So her character work with Ronda Rousey's ability meshed really well and created a perfectly competent main event and just so happens they're the two biggest women stars in the company whether you want to believe that it's charlotte or anybody else no the truth is nikki bella is the biggest star right under ronda rousey yeah most name recognition outside of the three million weirdos like us that watch every week Like, if you only watch sometimes, you know who Nikki Bella is. If you've never watched, you prob- there's a good chance you know who Nikki Bella is. You don't know who any of these other women are if you don't watch. Yeah, and if you don't already know, Nikki Bella is the realist. She went on sneaker shopping with Complex. <laughs> yes! She talked about how she wears Skechers in the Yes! I appreciate the honesty, Nikki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then she, she, and she, and like, shoot that, like, when I got that message from Eck in the morning, I was like, oh, God, what, who wrote this crap? <laughs> I actually watched it, it, it was legit Nikki Bella. You know, she talked about her sketchers. She even picked up, picked out the Vogue Jordan 1s. So it's like, real legit Nikki Bella. She's actually talk, talking what she wears and didn't go, didn't go off script or go, didn't go for, wild and say crazy things that didn't make any sense she was actually herself she said dunks were the sexiest sneaker yes <laughs> uh yeah i i thought it i thought it was the right match i thought it was good i enjoyed it i enjoyed the little bit of story that they told us about it and i liked it it was a good capper for what this show was it was a successful night and if nothing else WWE can feel empowered 
to do a show like this again. Um, also, Ronda, R- shout out to Ronda Rousey for uh, giving the shout out to Roman at the end. Great, I she, love that. She it was does, excellent. She does the hand pose up, and then you hear her yell into the camera, which I always love because I know Vince hates it. Oh, does he really? Oh, people yelling into the camera. But does he like it because she said it about Roman? Maybe, but I know that that's like a nitpick because nobody does it. Who talks into the camera? He sees, ah, that's that's my girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, oh, Ayla, this was something I wanted to bring up. What, What you said about Vince helping to run the show. I read something like maybe about five o'clock tonight that he just observed the show from backstage. Yeah, they said he was there because, like, because when I saw the NXT uh, spotlights on the title matches start come on, I was like, okay, I think Triple H is running this show. But the reports say he was backstage. I'm sure he was giving his notes, but you could tell that's a mainly Triple H ran show. By the by, the way that it, it it went down. Yeah, they said it was produced by NXT production, and he was just an observer backstage. So he just, as far as we know, he just watched the show and didn't. Have any input, which may tell you something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they and, also and made more. a point that Kevin Dunn was already in Charlotte uh, for Raw, so he wasn't involved at all, which, again, might tell you something. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I, I can't <laughs> wait for Triple H to take over and get rid Triple. of him. <laughs> I can't wait for him to pay homage and get rid of him. <laughs> but uh, you guys may know this, but uh, I don't really like wrestling fans that much. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so Elite Collector, uh, he DM'd me DM'd the Matt Madness page on Sunday before Evolution started. And you know these these uh, wrestling idiot fans, they uh you know what they had the nerve to complain about the stage, how it was how it was different than I loved it. No, but see but see the thing is, one, a small that 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 arena was but the stage was smaller than the main roster raw SmackDown arena. So I don't know what you're complaining about, and then second, you're reaching to find something to complain about about a stage because, and you're saying you're burying the men. How, how why do the women have a different stage? Right, wait, somebody said they're burying the men. Yes. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Go the yeah. hell home. Whoever's <laughs> saying that. Yes. You have to be. I, words I don't want to use on this show is what you have to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when he said that to me, I couldn't believe it. I was like, see this I was like, you see, this is why I don't like wrestling fans. Like when people tell me they watch wrestling, I don't that mean I don't, I'm not even gonna talk about wrestling with you. Because I don't want to talk about it. It's that's really stupid. But a successful night. Uh, I don't want to talk a lot about this, but I assume a much less successful show is coming up on Friday. <laughs> um, Tomorrow. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting it's Thursday. Um yeah. Crown Jewel I don't want to talk about anything happening on the show There's just a couple of like Tangential things I want, I want to touch on First of all Are either of you familiar with John Oliver? No, I'm not Only so, because people keep telling me about how he's ripping the WWE He is So John Oliver was a correspondent on The Daily Show When John Stewart was still there and then he got his own kind of like comedy news show on HBO called Last Week Tonight. And the last two weeks, he has destroyed WWE over putting on Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. And I just have to say, I'm shocked that they didn't mention this attention that they got from the mainstream. <laughs> um, and, and the best part about WWE doing Crown Jewel 
you notice they're still not even saying Saudi Arabia. So when Crown Jewel comes on tomorrow, I'm, I wonder they'll even like say where they are. Yeah, yeah. So that's so. Laugh had something he wanted to uh, wanted to not address is probably the wrong word, but like he had a thought, and basically his feeling on Crown Jewel is one: it's purely a business decision. Yeah, they kept it in Saudi Arabia for no other reason than they determined staying there would be better for their bottom line and better for their shareholders. Uh, he believes they aren't necessarily agreeing with any of the unsavory things that are happening in Saudi Arabia. And one of his points is like for everybody who's up in arms about them being there, like, are we as up in arms about like who we buy our gas from or where we go grocery shopping or whatever? Like, are we paying the same amount of attention to other things as we are to this? Um, and he thinks that's like a really important thing. Like if you only go to a certain gas station because you know that they haven't like polluted the ocean or haven't caused a giant oil spill that's been polluting the Gulf of Mexico for the last 15 years. Um, and I do agree with all that. Like I definitely believe that's why they made the decision. It's money and they don't think this is going to cost them any money to stay and it would cost them money to leave. Um, and my main thing with Saudi Arabia is, like, I get it. They're not, like, right now defending Saudi Arabia. They're not going out and making statements in defense of them. But my feeling is the last time they were in Saudi Arabia, they were basically doing PR and propaganda for Saudi Arabia, saying how great it is, how progressive it is, and, like, it's not. So it would be one thing if they were actually going there to help change the culture or to help bring about like some more progressiveness, but all they're really doing is helping them pretend that the culture is different than what it is. And it kind of undermines like all the tooting of their own horn that they've just did for the last two weeks about evolution. Like you're going <laughs> to a place where women aren't allowed to be there, but that's coming right on the heels of you talking about how great you are, uh, for women's wrestling. So it, if like to me it'll be a disgrace if they go out there and they have someone out there talking about how great Saudi Arabia is and how great their regime is um, I don't know I I would prefer they weren't there them going there you guys already know my interest in WWE has waned over the last year and this is just like another nail in that coffin like I don't like this company and I don't blame people for not wanting to work there uh I don't know. Do you guys have any like final thoughts on Crown Jewel before noon tomorrow when it kicks off? As far as as far as as far as like out. as far as any of this, uh, like do you think yeah. do you agree with Laugh that it's like oh, it's a business is a business decision and people may be too up in arms about it? It is a business decision, no doubt, because one WWE, like I said, don't do anything for money, especially nowadays in this in the world we live in. You pay anybody money, they'll say anything you want. And WWE, for the last three, two, three weeks, they haven't mentioned Saudi Arabia. Like I said, I don't know if they'll even mention where they are on tomorrow when Crown Jewel even airs. So it's definitely a, it's definitely a money grab. That, that, that's all it is. And John Cena pulled out. Brian pulled out. We'll get to that in a little bit. But 
of course, it's all about the money for WWE. And you can pay anybody anything, and they'll say whatever. But that stuff they said back in April at the Great Rumble, nobody remembers that. They're not bringing that up. They're not, they're not even going to show that on the television screen. Um, yeah, I mean, that's possible. Uh, Prep, any thoughts? Zero. <laughs> I am not watching that show. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not either. Yeah, like I'll I'll t- I'll tune in on my lunch break, but other than that, I don't have any interest in anything that's going on in that show. The the U.S. Open, I don't really care about that because I know it'll probably lead to nothing. Even though I, I think I think I know I I have the Miz winning that. If anybody cares, I think the Miz will end up winning that. And I, I feel bad for Daniel Bryan, and I'm not, I'm not sure if we'll get to that part. AJ versus AJ versus Brian on SmackDown, but yeah, I and I feel bad because three of the guys in the main event tag match are my Rushmore, and I have no, I have no care in the world about uh, that match. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Pash, we'll, look, we'll talk about Daniel Bryan. Pash, let me get your live reaction to what I just found mm-hmm. that just recently popped back up. Wow. Yes, yes, he's the host. Or allegedly, he's the host of Crown Jewel. So, like, if I could, if there was any way for me to, like, like this any less than I already did, like, that's one way to do it, is <laughs> to get the Hulkster involved in it. Um, you yeah, allegedly, or reportedly, he's hosting the show. He's definitely going to be there because they announced him. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I already made the decision to not watch it or acknowledge it. Um, so, I don't know if this makes a difference to anyone just in the month of October, WWE stock is down 20 points Uh, But Over the last six months Like from May 2nd to today It is up By almost double So (laughs) they're down Basically all they did was lose the TV uh, The first The last TV rights deal Whatever they gained They lost it But it's gonna level out again Yeah they went from Almost $40 a share On May 2nd as high as $92 a share, $94 a share. No, I'm sorry, $97 a share. Now they're at 71 So they're still way ahead of where they were six months ago, even with the pretty significant losses of the last month. Um, Shout out to WrestleNomics for those... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for those figures. For those figures. Well, that was Google. I just pulled that up right now. <laughs> I pulled up WWE stock. Only. But you did listen to an episode of WrestleNomics this week. I did. I listened to about 45 minutes of it. That's, and I more, listened, that's more than I expected. And I listened to about 25 minutes of uh, Everything Evolves. The now defunct. Yes. <laughs> I, I posthumously listened to it after its death. And um, rightfully so. Yeah, so like Raw, I don't have a whole lot Obviously Seth and Dean is going to be a thing Going forward A role reversal from where we were four years ago When Seth turned and Dean took it very personally Now Seth is taking it very personally When Dean has returned the favor What did you guys think of that segment With Dean coming out uh, From the crowd and then leaving Before Seth could get to him As long as I don't hear a Baby! <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I hope need, you got that out of the system. <laughs> I need all business all the time, Seth, if you're going to face Dean, because if not, he's going to bury you on the mic. You see his demeanor. You see his presence. Like, that 
will eat you up because nobody's going to look at you if you're saying baby 25 times. Yeah. So for me, as long as they keep it serious, I'm all good with it. I don't want to see no hot dog carts, no clown (laughs) shoes or nothing. No, I I thought Seth did really well in that promo on Monday night. He did, but I need Dean to blade before he walks out on a stage. <laughs> Alo, what do you think? Yeah, I thought the promo was good. I thought that Seth had a ton of emotion, especially when he saw Dean come out at the top of the uh, top of the crowd, basically talking about how the most important light of the shield in a, like a very like depressing night. You did what you did, and. That Seth, he, he he had tons of emotion in that whole, in that segment, but I kind of wanted more out of this, and we that's we didn't really get much out of this at all, and I don't know what we're gonna get going forward because Survivor Series is coming up, so you know they're doing brand versus brand right now. Seth's supposed to face Nakamura, champion versus champion. As much as I'm, as much as I hate, not hate, as much as I. In this interest in Shinsuke Nakamura on the main roster, I'm all into this if this stays the match. Because remember last year around Survivor Series, they swapped women, both women's and U.S. was it the U.S. Was it, they swapped both titles. Yeah, last year. So I'm hoping that this is actually the match. But I think Dean will actually cause Seth the match at one of the matches at Crown Jewel because I think I have Seth and the Miz. In the finals, I think that I think Dean will actually cost him that. But it's kind of strange. I'm not sure how far, like, when are we actually going to get this actually rolling. Yeah, I think it was good that they did it this way this week. Like the contrast of Seth being so emotional and so angry, and Dean just like blowing him off. I thought was good. Yeah, and and I like I that think Dean didn't. Next like, week, you'll see it like grow. Yeah, I like the fact that Dean didn't really say anything. He didn't and, say anything. I, I did like that. And Seth made the point to say, like, at least when I put the knife in your back four years ago, I was man enough to tell you why I did it. And I like that Dean, like, is taking it a step further. And I, I do think we'll see it escalate next week. Um, talking about guys who are great talking – I don't have a lot to say about it, but Leo oh, Rush. Dude, Leo Rush. Thank you. Yo, I swear to goodness, I was going to say Leo Rush because I thought you were going to say somebody else. No. But the fact that you said Leo Rush was amazing. If anybody has a chance to watch a Leo Rush Instagram live video, please do me a favor because he's eating chocolates. Yes. <laughs> like, he's like, Lashley. <laughs> he is a 23-year-old piece of gold. So, he is. Yeah, I think he's excellent. He's the only thing interesting about Bob. And he doesn't, he doesn't make Bob interesting because I don't think anyone could do that. But I think Leo has been infinitely entertaining in the opportunity he's gotten. Do you agree with that, Alo? Now, I missed this segment because I missed the beginning oh, of the world. Okay. So I missed this. So you guys can inform me. Or what happened? He I know Ballard beat. I know Ballard beat Bob. Yeah, I mean, he basically just talked Bob up at the beginning of the show, and anytime he talks, I thoroughly enjoy it. And I hope he keeps getting a chance to talk, and I hope he gets a chance to actually wrestle at some point. Yeah, and I, for me, what I liked was that backstage segment with Baron Corbin, where uh, he's just 
pushing him like he's like yeah the big man's got this <laughs> it's the best you want it's the best you're gonna get or something like that like <laughs> like because it's he's funny but when he goes into his serious promo i could take him serious i do have one issue mm-hmm. i have a very big issue leo you're making a little bit of money <laughs> you got you got a couple gold chains you know i i can dig the sports jacket with the no shirt <laughs> But please don't tell me you look like money when you got some. I don't know what you got on your feet. Are you wearing <laughs> lugs, bro? Those look like lugs. denim lugs. <laughs> Those look like denim sneakers. Whatever he's wearing, Leo, you got to change that up. If you need some help, Baylo is right here. Look, look at him. He's got. He's he looks like money. He smells like money because he is money. He's got the fresh haircut. He's got the crew neck on. It's not even cold out yet. But listen, Leo, if you need some sneaker help, our friends at Suplex, tell them Prep sent you, and uh, we'll take care of you. We have a cast full of sneaker guys on this show. Myself, not one of them. One of you guys can advise him on his footwear. And I'm for sorry. him, friend of the show, too, he should be able to come talk to us, no problem. The best yeah. interview he's, he's given to date. Of all time I'm sorry I don't mean to go off On a side note But I really want that Sneaker shop For a passion episode (laughs) (laughs) All Air Force Ones All the time And a little bit Of Puma Clydes (laughs) (laughs) I had a phase (laughs) And and, uh, the the, the Irisons I I need that Oh yeah yeah. Oh I would go over All my All my answers Yeah (laughs) Yo I would love to see Like his closet And just like Every Jordan Hydro Like laid out <laughs> I actually still have a pair of answer fours, I believe. I got two. Not too far from where I'm there. sitting. Um, My favorite shoe of all time. Yeah? Yes, if you did not know that. I did not know that. Um, yeah, me, and, me and Richie were disqu- discussion, discussing, uh, I think the questions just re-released. I think it was his first shoe. Oh, yeah, the white, the first white one. pair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just re-released. Not the question, I'm sorry. Was it the answer one? Is that so it? The, the question the answer was one, the yeah. first. Okay, the answer one. Yeah, answer ones, because I have questions. Okay, so the answer ones have been re-released. Yeah, the white pair. What are they going for retail? Uh, I think they're 160 I think. And I'm assuming they're not DMX, right? They are. They are. Oh, they are, okay. Yeah, I know they re-released the answer wear fours nowadays. a few years ago, but they weren't yeah, but DMX. One- yeah, these are destroyed because I actually used to play basketball in them. Ah. I still have them. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an audio podcast, but the visuals <laughs> are with my homies. <laughs> yeah, my answer for is this is this these. was like the one shoe that I know as a kid I wore to death. Now here on the bottom of the answer for is for those who are listening. There's a picture of Iverson. In steel mm-hmm. Now in middle school I wore these shoes Till that picture of Iverson Was <laughs> no longer in the shoe Yeah mine is like a little mangled Ooh, You don't got no tread on them Nope No I used to wear them to play basketball all the time no. <laughs> ball, ball, ball was life for Tash I was stepping ball. over everybody <laughs> 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 <Wearing those> sneakers <laughs> 
Yeah, arguably my favorite sneaker. Um, very high up there anyway. Um, so Becky and Ronda, we officially get that match at Survivor Series. I love the little interaction they had post-Evolution, and then I thought Becky's promo was awesome on Tuesday night, very to the point. Does it hurt Becky at all to lose to Ronda at Survivor Series? And the second question is, what is next on SmackDown for her? Uh, I don't know what's next for her on SmackDown because all the women, they're in tag team, basically. The next logical thing for, for Becky, I think, would be Asuka. But Asuka lost so much. She's lost so much momentum. So being Asuka wouldn't really mean anything at all. So I don't know what's next for Becky at all on SmackDown. Now her losing to Ronda, I'm not sure how you book that. I'm I'm really curious to see how they're gonna book that because Becky's the best thing in the company going on right now, and Ronda's pretty Ronda's hot in the company too. But Becky's just on a whole nother level, so I'm not sure how they actually book this match at all. Maybe I'm sure I can find a way to protect her, but it'd probably be a finish that we've seen recently and somewhere on WWE programming. Do you think we get a cross show build to this match? I hope so Or just them talking about each other on opposite shows Well remember uh, when the brands were first started And how we got those promos About the Survivor Series teams Like those That lead up to that Survivor Series was great And last year we had the hashtag Under Siege thing Under but, Siege but, it, it, but I don't know if you've seen Becky Lynch on Twitter recently How she's been killing it on Twitter um, She's killing it everywhere at the moment Yeah Did, did you see her Twitter stuff? I saw I've seen some of it Okay yeah So she's been killing it So I'm perfectly fine With Becky just Attack Just going uh, Attacking Ronda verbally Leading up to Survivor Series And Prep How do you feel about Becky and Ronda For Survivor Series Oh man I, I really wish Becky would win But it's It's definitely Going to be some type of Like non-finish but nonetheless, I'm excited. Promo exchanges, Becky and her in the ring together. I think it's going to be great. They're going to build it like, you know, armbar versus armbar. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think the match is going to be a lot of fun. And any extra time we get of Becky on the microphone is cool with me. On SmackDown, only have a couple things. Obviously, AJ lost, or I'm sorry, Daniel Bryan lost to AJ. Uh, so now he is being replaced by Samoa Joe at Crown Jewel. Don't really care about that match, but apparently Daniel Bryan told WWE that he wanted to lose to Miz at Super Showdown because he didn't want to go to Crown Jewel. And they had him win in two minutes. And then they ended up having him lose this match anyway But it seems like his mind was made up That he did not want to have this match at Crown Jewel With AJ Styles in the first place I did think it was weird that they had him tap Do you think that was like a punishment to make him do that? Or do you just think it was the way they just decided to do it? I think that was just the way that I love the finish That was great I I loved every second of that finish The match was fantastic I figured that they were going to do that because I knew he wasn't going to go. Right. The two brothers-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was he was upset like that his wife couldn't go. Yeah. 
or something. So, dude, if if you can, if you have the balls to say no, then more power to you. Yeah, I respect yeah. it. Yeah, like I I talked a little bit earlier about it, but I feel bad. I'm kind of worried about Daniel Bryan now because. Unlike Cena, Cena's hardly there. Cena's basically just going for the payday for the most part. But Brian, he's there every week. And I don't know how the I don't know if there's any hard feelings towards Brian not going to Crown Jewel, because you know how they how petty WWE can be at times. So I'm not sure what the fall will be for him and if he'll even get another opportunity. I did like I did like the match because Prep even texted me about the match because I wasn't watching SmackDown live at the time. No pun intended. But uh, <laughs> but I did enjoy the match. The finish was excellent. And they did find I did like the way they got out of the match too, because well got out got out of the crown jewel match because having Samoa Joe return. And we talked about Joe being booked terribly, but I say it I I defended him to an extent because of the fact that Joe similar to the big show or Kane or those Bigger superstars who are just like badasses who would just beat you like redeem matches. So I, I, I did enjoy the way how they got out of the Brian going to Crown Jewel. Yeah, I mean it was a smart way to handle it. They got out of it in as coherent and logical a way as possible. The match was great, and obviously, anytime Joe and AJ share a ring, it's going to be good. Uh, New Day is the Brood. How good was that? Excellent. So good. Excellent. So I have like a special connection to the brood <laughs> entrance music because back in my Seattle City days, back in like 98, 99, we used to, we had the, I, I think it was volume one, like the first CD of entrance music WWE put out. Mm-hmm. And we'd get to a point during a party, like maybe one in the morning when everybody was really drunk, we would throw in that CD and people would go nuts when they heard like Austin's music or the rocks music, or they hear sexy boy, but then the brood music would come on. And a lot of people weren't familiar with the brood's music. As soon as the brood's music would come on, we would turn all the lights out in the house and whatever beer you had in your can, in your cup, you would just throw it. So when the lights came on, everybody would be soaked. And we used to just call it a beer bath every night. I think that was before <laughs> the actual Austin beer bath. But that was that's my fond memory of the brood music was it would come on in our shore house. As soon as it came on, turn out the lights and just throw beer all over everybody. And it was especially great for the people who had no idea what the hell was going on. Uh, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think probably not. The only good matches that Shinsuke Nakamura has had in the past two years have been with our team. <laughs> Somebody tell me I'm wrong. I'm not fighting you. <laughs> uh, how'd you feel about Carmelo's verse? Oh, everything about these two I think is great. Is excellent. I loved it. I loved when they showed him in the crowd when she came out. At Evolution. No. So did you catch the pre-show? Of you the pre-show? Evolution? Ev- yeah. No, I didn't. Is that where uh, she did something? No, yeah, she was on the panel, and then he came up, and he was saying that I'm entering the Battle Royal, 
and I'm gonna challenge Carmelo for the women's <laughs> Oh, I did see that. Okay, I saw that on on Twitter. Um, but I love how like when some women would come out, they would show like their significant other in the crowd, or like when Bailey <laughs> came out, they showed Finn. And I loved when Carmella came out; they just showed Truth sitting there in the crowd cheering her on. Thought it was great. Um, that's all I have from either of the two main shows. Is there anything else either of you thinks we should talk about? Face Elias. I'm in more denial about this than I was about the New Day turning face. So how do you guys feel about Face Elias? I think it will be very hard to keep it entertaining. Yeah, because I, I, the last two weeks I've been like, Eh, and like the one thing I did pop for was when Dana Brooke asked, "Can you sing me a song?" He said, "No." <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be difficult to to like keep the positive momentum with him as a face. Yeah, for me, it's all all he has to do is transfer his insults from the crowd to whatever heels trying to come at him. And it's going to get over. So I think he's that good that he'll be fine. I mean, that, that there is a case to be made for that, too. He's just actually good at what he does, and it, it may be fine. Uh, but I much prefer the Elias we've gotten for the last year and a half. Uh, you guys ready for Pash's Indie Inquiry? Yes. Yes. Prep, do you want to tell everyone what match we watched this week? So this week we took it to Europe And uh, we had David Starr versus Walter From Defiant Actually I want to say Defiant is somewhere In like Australia or something Oh really? I believe so or New Zealand One of those Hmm. places Uh, Who wants to go first? Or do you want me to? Well (laughs) I'll go Okay. So Uh Donovan still has more nicknames than David Starr. Somehow, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan. I, I, I was. I didn't think nothing really happened. I, 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 it just didn't do it for me. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. So you just thought it was too str- like straightforward, and not there was like nothing like grabbed you about it, basically. Yeah, yeah nothing like nothing really grabbed my attention. I, I was just watching it and like. Always say it was just a match. Things were just happening. Nothing really, nothing really grabbed my attention about the match. Um, So for me, how many have we done so far? This is the fourth one. Fourth Uh, one. Yeah, fourth. So I enjoyed it, but it is fourth place out of the four. Um, Some of my takeaways: one, I was really happy that Drew Galloway was on commentary. Oh my god I swear I wrote the same thing Yes (laughs) That makes me happy (laughs) But the But the commentary Was good though No it was good But to me the whole time I'm like This is basically Drew Galloway On commentary (laughs) Um, Is David Starr From Philadelphia I am remembering That correctly Or from the area You know how I am About that patch David Starr Is from Pennsylvania Abington Pennsylvania so he's from like the metro area Yeah yeah he's right outside of Philly He's local Yes Okay I wasn't sure if I was right about that or not And I did do know you you're know, like that Did you know That David Starr does not like to wrestle In Philadelphia anymore I didn't know that Because of the fans 
it doesn't surprise me because his Twitter presence, he is very socially conscious. Yes. And I appreciate him for that. You see, that makes a lot of sense for why he doesn't respond to my emails. (laughs) Yeah, he don't. I mean, say we're a podcast from Philadelphia. Yes. So, yeah, that very well could be why. Yeah. He said, he said, uh, or not that he said, I, I saw him, what, two weeks ago? I, I ran into him at the gym, and then that, the next day, I went to like an indie show. I went to CZW Dojo Wars Super Show in uh, Blackwood, and I saw him again. He was producing the show. Oh, really? And he he was actually in, in Philadelphia again for two weeks. So he he uh, wrestled the next week on that same show on like a Wednesday. Hmm. So he's a busy guy, is what you're saying? Yes. Uh, his intro alone is better than most of Raw. <laughs> and again, I don't think I'll get any disagreement from anybody. Um, I'm like a big fan of like the big guy versus small guy dynamic. I hate to go back to Sea Isle, but when I was in my Sea Isle City Wrestling Association Association days as Madness, I was always trying to find like a legitimate big guy like 6465 to go against because like I loved like seeing HBK in the late 90s against like Undertaker or against Psycho Sid or against Diesel. I always loved seeing the ways the small guy would have to find find a way to compete. And like the small guy just has such a small margin for error. Like there were points in this match where like David Starr would fire off like 14 pieces of offense in a row and then Walter would do one thing and it just completely ended all the momentum immediately. Like I love that. I feel like it's almost a metaphor for life. Like you can make every right decision, every right decision, and then you make one wrong decision and you get knocked back to ground zero. Like that's so I, I like that aspect of it. Um, I love the little touch of Walter ripping on the ripping off the kinesiology tape on his shoulder because I don't feel like you see that a lot. Uh, like Cesaro always wears it, Bailey was always wearing it. I don't feel like you always see. Their opponent try to rip the tape off So I like that Um, And I know that had to hurt Yeah And I could see Walter calling spots Which if I was a loser Maybe I would care about that Um, (laughs) And that last drop kick That led into the finish was nasty Like the drop kick That pushed him into the turnbuckle I thought that was nasty I thought the match was good I enjoyed it I do think David Starr is entertaining All the nicknames are great uh, Walter's like a good big guy wrestler. I don't know how tall he is. Uh, or he's pretty he's tall because like, because uh, David Starr is shorter than me. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know if he's like any type of prospect or anything like that. But I enjoyed the match. I thought it was good. And I'm curious your thoughts on it, Prep. Or if there's so, any specific reason why you chose this one. Uh, for me, it was just a. I, I really wanted to highlight uh, David Starr because I had ran into him. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I gotta give the dude a shout out because he's genuinely like, like yes, as socially conscious as he is, and as much of a dick as anybody who tries to paint him as a dick. You know, like he's not a dick. He's a nice right. guy, and they, the people who don't like him is just because they don't agree with his political views, right? Which. 
doesn't make any sense. Like all the guy wants is for you to be a good person. Like there was a documentary on YouTube that he did with the guy, Kenny Johnson from evolve. Mm -hmm. And they were, they were saying like at CZW shows, there was a group of guys who used to throw pennies at him really? because he's Jewish. Oh my God. You know what? I didn't even piece that together, but like doesn't surprise me. And yeah, the current climate we're in now is like those types of things I feel like are very much magnified now. Yeah, and the the best thing is my my first touch of David Starr was a few years ago. He was in a tag team called the Juicy Product. And um <laughs> great, they were great name by the way. They were almost as good as pretty ugly with James Ellsworth. <laughs> <laughs> they were hilarious. They were like blatant ripoffs of the Young Bucks. And they were just like all comedy So you can see it in his act Where he still has a touch of comedy Whether it's a certain way that he sells Obviously his entrance But as far as Walter goes How good is Walter's theme? Awesome That theme is fantastic <laughs> And he's he's a presence Like he comes out in the jacket And yeah like like this match isn't really Wasn't really a good showcase for him but for me, like, I feel like it's worth giving Walter another chance because of that presence that he has. Like, and, and those chops are vicious. They are. And, like, that's why I said I don't know how tall he really is. Like, he might just look huge because, like, he was in the ring with a smaller guy. But if he's, like, a legitimate, like, 6'5", six, 6'7", six, something like that. Like, he is a guy who could eventually be on WWE's radar because those guys don't grow on trees. And, like, he looks like... Like, what's the thing, like, Vince Russo always says? Like, he doesn't look like a wrestler, bro. He looks yeah, well, like Walter, a wrestler. <laughs> Walter was supposed to be signed when Keith Lee got signed. Oh, really? And so he he's already down, on their radar. He turned down a contract. Wow, good for him. He's 6'4". Okay, so he's not huge, but he's big. Yeah, he's big. He he turned down the contract because he has he works a lot in Germany. He's he's Austrian. Yeah. He works a lot in Germany and he uh he runs the school for WXW. And it's funny because Walter was mentioned on that podcast you asked me to listen to a few times. I was like, "Who the hell is Walter?" And then I was like, "Oh, this is Walter." <laughs> so it was like <laughs> kind of fitting that I heard that podcast and then watched that match. Uh, yeah. But it was enjoyable. I thought it. Was, I thought it was like it, it was fun. It's fourth place out of the four we watched, but I thought it was enjoyable. I liked both guys, uh, and I would like to see both guys work again. And what do you have for us for next week? So next week, I'm I'm struggling with two matches. So I'm gonna go to. I want to have some fun again. So we're gonna do. My buddy Marco Stunt versus PCO. Okay. From uh, CCW, best of the best three in September of this past year. All right. Well, I don't know who either of them are. I look forward to familiarizing myself with them sometime in the next seven days. Do you remember the over the budget battle royal? Yes. Marco Stunt was the guy who was doing the floss in the middle of the ring. Okay. I like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Him and then PCO is Pierre Carl Oulette, who was a uh one of the Quebecers. Oh, okay. So he's like an older guy. 
Yeah, but he he's had this resurgence this year. Well, I look forward to being part of the renaissance of PCO in the yes. next seven days. Um, all right, we don't have any listener questions, correct? I no, have a question, Pash. Oh, okay, what's up? I'm sorry, Halo. <laughs> what do you got, Prep? Who do you have this weekend? Daniel Cormier or Derek Lewis? So, you know, I love DC more than most. Uh, even when people didn't really like him too much a couple years ago, I was always a DC guy. Uh, especially, he won me over with his celebration on Seth's cash in at WrestleMania 31. I would love for DC to win. I feel like he's not fully healthy. I feel like his hand isn't fully healed. And he's in there with like a really dangerous, heavy handed guy. And. If I had to make a real prediction, I'd probably still pick DC, but I'm very scared that he's going to get finished in this fight. Especially because I saw in that town in Texas, wherever it is, I guess that's where Derek Derek Lewis is from, they're saying if he wins, free Popeyes from 2 to 4 the next day. <laughs> so with those kind of stakes on the line, I almost don't see how Derek Lewis can lose. Wait, and free Popeyes for him for life. What? I feel like whatever the odds are, I have to bet on Derek Lewis now. I'd be super motivated for free Popeyes for life. I don't really like Popeyes. I'm a church's chicken guy. I, I like churches too, but I'm always going to be having allegiance to Popeyes. Yeah, that's the black in you. Before I ask my question, uh, I'm watching Impact and... Uh, Scarlet Bordeaux just came on the screen and <laughs> second chef's kiss of the evening. <laughs> yes, but uh, I, I had a question for Prep because you don't, you, Pash, you don't know what the Bullet Club is. So um, <laughs> the, the what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Prep, Prep, you're wearing a shirt, so this is kind of relevant to my acts. So I, I know you probably heard and seen that uh, elite cast members Cody, the Buck, Hangman, and Marty are no longer part of the Bullet Club, but kind of brought this up a couple weeks ago about how New Japan had new management and the elite, they separated from the Bullet Club. Now, when it comes to Bullet Club, those, the elite, the elite has, to me, they're the draw. Nobody else talks about, talks, uh, talks about Tama Tongo or Balak Bale <laughs> and everybody else involved. Or probably, they probably don't even know who, who, the hell, who the hell else is in Bullet Club. So, with that being said and them separating and then they're not going to begin the Bullet Club style t-shirts anymore. I'm sure the elite will have their own stuff. Do you think Bullet Club gear will be just as popular or do you think that the elite cast was the draw for Bullet Club? So for me, a Bullet Club logo tee is always going to sell. The thing is, I believe that they're moving in the direction to pull that logo so that won't sell as well like the bullet club shirts the new logo if that's what i saw earlier on tamatonga's post nobody's gonna buy that well we're not gonna (laughs) buy that 
But, no, because see what I'm saying? Because my point is, since their elite is separated from Bullet Club, they'll have their own gear. And they made a point that this is the last Bullet Club style shirts. And will the popularity of those T-shirts and the Hot Topic sales decline because Bucks and Cody, uh, Marty, and Paige are gone? I don't think so because those guys are smart. And they know how to market it. So whatever they're going to put on the shirt, it's going to sell. So you think the elite are bigger than the Bullet Club? I think, well, I know the elite are bigger than the Bullet Club. Yeah. And I know that's that my they, point. Yeah. And that the, the logo changing or them being out of Bullet Club doesn't change the fact that whatever they put their name on is going to sell. It's all, and honestly, it's been like that since they created the elite. Yeah. Like once the elite was a thing, uh, Bullet Club who? <laughs> yeah, you know because, what I mean? yeah, because the thing is, the elite, they have the, the Beyonce effect, like, like, <laughs> I, I like to call. They can't do anything wrong. Whatever they do is great to everybody. Except for uh, Beyonce's cold wine house and Darion, but that, that's another story for another day. But I will ha- they, I will accept no Beyonce slander on this show. <laughs> uh, that's the beehive. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Wait, Come on. The best. How, did you expect anything different? <laughs> if you really think about it. <laughs> me and me and Jen came to the conclusion that. Cardi B's new song sucks, but everybody, <laughs> since everybody's talking about that it's good, we've considered her the new Beyonce. Where, like, people like, just. She's just gonna put out no anything and they're gonna like it, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Wait till my other bestie finds out passions in the beehive. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, like, the Beyonce effect, you basically, everything you do is great. Nobody has anything bad to say about you. Uh, I, there was a, a gif of I, I, I tagged Prep specifically of um, when Beyonce would be on drugs and everybody would soon follow. <laughs> and it was a picture. It was a picture of uh, God. What's her name? Ah, what is her name? Uh, God, so tell me, I can't remember her name. But uh, she was basically she was a a, um, a drug addict. I, uh, an actress. Uh, she's an actress. I can't remember Mia her Campbell? name. No, 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 not Mia Campbell. She was in when it was who I high school me loved. I'm sure, I'm sure she did. She was, she was in that, that Christmas movie with Ben Rames when he was the woman. I can't re- remember her name. Yeah, I don't know either. Top, top of my head, but yeah. So uh, it was a gift of that. It said it when Beyonce goes on drugs, the Beehive Files, and it was her like shivering and dancing. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, yeah, so like I said, Bullet Club, they, well, the elite, they can sell anything. They could uh, they could breathe in a cup and sell it for $200 if they want, and people will still buy it. The Bullet Club is just a thing the elite were doing, is yeah. the way I look at it. <laughs> really. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I was going to offer Stump Alo, but I know we have a new, I can't even keep track of what this segment is called anymore. <laughs> you could <look at> I. <laughs> I think it's had three title changes in the last three weeks. Yes. All right. So uh, this week it was called, well, before I start, uh, I'm watching uh, the women's impact women's title match, Tessa Blanchard. <laughs> <laughs> Champ, go the hell home. 
or go to Saudi Arabia to earn your tour paycheck. Oof. Okay. Cena, Brian Punk. Cena, Brian Punk. All right, champ, go the hell home or go to Saudi Arabia to get that touring check. Champ Cena, obviously. <laughs> Always. You know what? I like Punk a lot, and I've defended him in his MMA career. But after that last fight he had with with Mike Jackson. Michael Jackson, <laughs> who rose from the grave, and because I know Daniel wants to be home with Bree, I'm going to tell Daniel Bryan to go the hell home, and I'm going to send CM Punk to Saudi Arabia to earn that touring check. That's the way I'm going to go with those three. Champ Cena, because he is the champ. The champ is here. Daniel Bryan, go the hell home. CM Punk, go to Saudi Arabia and spin that propaganda for them. Uh, did you see? Did you see AJ Lee and Punk's Halloween costumes? No. What were they? The people from the X Files. Oh, Mulder yes. and Scully. Uh, I'm about to look it up now. Yes. Hold, oh, I'm frozen, aren't I? Can you see it? Oh my god! Pull it! Oh my god! That's so good. Her with that red hair looks great. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> good for them for having a good couple's costume. Um, Alo, you ready for Stump Alo? Yes. At Survivor Series 2000, who <laughs> wrestled? <laughs> so, uh, one thing first. He predicted that you would say that. Okay. I have it in my texts. Hold on, let me see. If you could see it. Where is it? I hope he says that. I think he said (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. This one's easy. I said, I hope he says that. So you did (laughs) say it. And he basically said, if you said that, say he probably had it on VHS, you dork. I did. (laughs) (laughs) So I told him, if you said this one's easy, I was going to tell him, tell you that. All right. Who wrestled the Radicals in a four-on-four Survivor Series match? Oh, that's so easy. (laughs) Uh, Well, Ron doesn't know. Ron doesn't like this guy, but K-Quick. Brian Gerard James. Uh-huh. They were getting rowdy with China and the one Billy Gunn. Yes. Very good. I, I love that that kind of played out exactly like we theorized it would play out. <laughs> ah, this one's I can, easy. <laughs> I, can, I, I can name the whole card, too. Really? Yeah. I don't have it all up, but. I have it. Crap, can get it. Okay, so. The op- <laughs> so, um, the opening. Wait, hold on. Let's see. Opening match. What was the opening match that show? That was a survivor. Was that the right to center? They were an elimination match, correct? Yeah, it was all. It was all of RTC. It was all. It was RTC, uh, Edge and Christian against the Hardys and the Dudleys. Um, ben, like I said, the the Benoit, the Radicals against China, Billy, K Quick, and Road Dog, Rock versus Rikishi, Austin versus Triple H. Uh, Angle versus Taker, uh, the European titles on the line, Hardcore Holly against um, uh, William Regal. Oh, the opening match was T and, T and APA <laughs> against uh, Crash Holly, Molly Holly, I think Steve Blackman. 
most positive hours, right? I think that was all the matches. Oh, women's title, Ivory Leader. All checks out except the the opening match. It was it was on uh, Crash Holly and um, Molly Holly and Blackman against. Um, never mind, never mind. This was, uh, was it like a Sunday night heat match. Yeah, no. my bad. I forgot. <laughs> the, the Sunday night heat match was Val Venus versus Jeff Hardy. The big Val Boski, huge fan of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, excellent work, Alo. As always, uh, that's everything I have. So, Joel Embiid, fresh off a forty-one and thirteen evening with four blocks. Come and sit down and trust the process with Matt Madness. LeBron, whenever you fly cross-country to Philadelphia, we will have the throne ready. Um, listen to our throwback Madness and unsanctioned libraries. Uh, there's a bunch of them in there. Subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings, and reviews. Alo, would you like to move any merch? Yes, what a maneuver.net to embrace the madness. And like I said, cuffing season's upon us. I know, I, I know y'all gonna slip. So <laughs> grab those onesies, get a little colder hoodies. <laughs> we got it all. So we have like two minutes. I just remembered something. Laugh wanted me to bring up. He believes that right now would be the perfect time for CM Punk to come back by basically saying like you have Roman Reigns, who's the guy in the company, has to stop doing what he does. To battle leukemia Whereas CM Punk Is not doing it Because he's Being kind of a baby And he thinks That's like a void That CM Punk could fill And maybe this could be A lesson for CM Punk Like There are much bigger things In life about being mad That you didn't get To main event Wrestlemania So Very brief answer Do either of you guys Have an opinion on Whether this would be The perfect time For CM Punk to return Don't do it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so prep you've seen enough of cm punk in wwe yeah just go chill with your wife fair yeah enough. <laughs> I, I, yeah i don't punk don't don't come back it'll, it'll, it'll be good for the, the the one the one day you come back that's it it'll See, be a moment that's like the key point like would i go crazy if that music hit and he came out absolutely but within three weeks i'd be like okay they did nothing with it they they squandered it already that's what they do with everything um all right so that is the show for this week i hope you guys enjoyed it uh for preptagon jr josh prep igina for mr wednesday night live we call him alo the ladies call him balo aaron lloyd I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop up the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement, man. It ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.